Hey, Bob, how are you? I'm good. You know, I've been doing this uh, podcast. I'm coming up on episode 50 about change, the idea of change. And I started it, you know, while we were like peak pandemic and, the, you know, we can all talk about change, but I, I love food. I am a foodie. I'm a barbecue as well. And uh, I like to cook, but I've, I haven't talked to anybody about change yet. And the other day I was in the LCBO and I go and I grab myself some wine and I've got myself a little uh, box here that came with my slow press wine with uh, some Chef Ted Reader uh, barbecue bone rub. And I was like, I should talk to Teddy. So here we are. Thank you so much. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. So look, tell, tell me about you know, your start. You were a George Brown guy, right? Like you started off at George Brown. That's how you got into, into the industry. Uh, I was I, I started when I was about 15 years of age. I started washing dishes. Okay. And I, I went to I went to the chef. And he was a British guy. And, and I said to him, I said, this washing dishes is a shitty job. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I said, how do I learn to cook? And he said, you get the dishes done. I'll show you how to cook. Okay. And so I am um, a pretty awesome fucking dishwasher. <laughs> all right. Like I can, I can wash dishes like, and, and, and I find washing dishes extremely therapeutic. Okay. All right. It's uh, when I've had a stressful day, I don't mind washing a pot or a pen because they don't give attitude back. There's, there's, there's nothing. It's just, I'm washing dishes. Just leave me alone. And I'm happy. <laughs> nice. Uh, but that, that became the foundation of becoming a chef. And so ever since I was a kid, I loved to cook and my career took me through George Brown. I worked for a, a ski resort. I worked for a fishing and hunting lodge. Uh, I ended up in restaurants in Toronto. Then I was at the Sky Dome um, as the chef of the hotel. I worked for catering. I worked in fast food. I worked in in big hotels and restaurants, and I worked for a grocery store chain. You've done, and, and you've also had lots of endorsements with different companies and uh, all kinds. Lots of, of shit. I right? I've done a bunch of shit. And, so. and I would do. I will get to what your your latest project has been, which is the joint out of El Dorado uh, Golf Club. You're you're cooking out. During the pandemic, you were doing like takeout and having people come and it looks delicious. I'm not out in Durham region that much anymore, but uh, it looks amazing. I want to get to that. But I wanted to ask you, uh, given your experience, uh, maybe let's just talk about the the changes in the in the food industry in Canada or in Toronto specifically, it, like trends and stuff like that. Like, how do you feel about uh, like barbecue is so huge right now, but you've been well, well the, the, the pandemic has. Uh... The pandemic has done a lot of positive things, along yeah. with all the negative that it has brought. Sure. Uh, and and you you talk about change. When I was when I was a professor at Niagara College, and I was I had, you know, twenty four students in my class, and I was teaching product innovation. Okay. How do you take that concept of a recipe, 
and make it a product that ends up on a grocery store shelf. And my years working for, for Loblaws and President's Choice in product innovation and product development and my years as a chef really uh, taught me a lot about the food industry and how dynamic it is and how much change is important to the survival of the food industry. Uh, the one thing I always told my students when they came to work for me is there's one book you should read and it's called Who Moved My Cheese? Okay. And I said, if you're going to be in the food business, then you should read this book because somebody's going to fuck with your cheese every <laughs> single day of your life. You think you're going to be cruising along and everything is great. And then wham, customers complaining, something explodes, something breaks, some <laughs> shit happens. And you've got to like either step up and deal with it because it's all crisis management and, and yeah. understanding that shit's changing and being able to cope with change is not an easy thing for a lot of people. So when the brakes came on and the pandemic slammed in, I was, I was with my chef, my pit master at the joint Ezio. And on March 12th last year, uh, we, were, we were driving back from, from a, a, a client presentation for one of my clients to a customer. And we were on the 401 and we're listening to the radio and they just shut down the NBA and, and the Toronto Home Show was, was closing. And I said to him, tomorrow being Friday the 13th, I said, I lose it all tomorrow. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, every gig, every event, everything we've got booked yeah. from now till whenever is gone tomorrow. And it, it all left. And it happened, yeah. We're standing there going, holy shit. Yeah. There's, there's, there's nothing left. I can't yeah. go to a restaurant. I can't go here. I got to wear a mask. I got to do this. And, and you're, you're, you're trying to comprehend this chaos. Yeah. And, you know, you, I slumped into a bit of a depression and I'm a, I'm a happy guy. Yeah, you are. 99% of the day. I'm like, fucking hey, let's party. <laughs> but I was, and I was trying to find a path. You know, this avenue, you know, that's not panning out. This avenue is not panning out. Um, social media, I can see is blowing up and getting ridiculous. And I do what I need to do in social media, but I'm, I'm you know, I, it's not my life. My life is my family. Yeah. My life is the food. And, and I don't, I don't really... <sighs> give a shit about the rest of it i want to i want to cook food you're a hustler that too though right thing that this change brought right was the cooking of food okay not just for me because i started to cook more and going through my freezer and finding this and doing something that because i had all day to prep right because yeah. as hell I wasn't making phone calls or doing presentations <laughs> and we're trying to figure it out and you're not allowed to walk outside and don't go anywhere and and i live in a shit zone so i'm like this is chaos. Yeah. And, and my friend calls me up and he says, listen, what are you doing? And I said, nothing. And he said, well, I got this golf course and it's got this restaurant sitting empty. Do you want to open up like a barbecue joint? And so I went out and I took a look at it and we had a conversation and another conversation and another meeting. And the next thing you know, uh, we came to an agreement and five weeks later we opened uh, on my birthday Wow. Uh, in, in June of 2020. And it was chaos. It was crazy. It was fun. 
uh, I haven't been in the restaurant game in a long, long time, probably over, over 10, 12, 15 years. And, and so it was all new experiences and, and old things popping up and me losing my shit uh in the kitchen and but then i got smart and i said no no they, you know i can't be in the kitchen every day yeah. i gotta trust the other people to do what i want them to do and i have an amazing pit master Ezio. he is uh chef bender on instagram okay and he just he's just rock and roll man the guy is is well for a guy that's been smoking food for two years because oh, wow. his life changed as well sure he went from being a student to where he's in class, to having to go to on class, to online, to graduate, and then go, I can't get a job in my field. There were not. So I'm yeah. like, come barbecue with me. Wow. And he is an unbelievable pit master. Like the brisket he makes is some of the best brisket I've ever eaten in my life. Wow. And it melts in your mouth and you're like, man, oh man, that's good. And he puts love into everything he does out on that pit. And that's a change for him. Yeah. And I, I, I believe we got to embrace the change because if we don't, um, it's just not a happy place to be on it, the it, other side of it. Yeah. Over the, over the course of doing these episodes, uh, you know, like 40 your episode 48 or 49, uh, you know, the one thing that, that, that is kind of a recurring theme is yes, the pandemic sucks. However, we, the, most people I've spoken to have figured out a way to, to suss out the positivity and find, find things to get, help you get through. Cause otherwise you're going to drown, right? Like you, it's too yeah. much. It's been, it's been such a big change and that's why I picked the topic. So you're, you're kind of, you're, you're falling in that same exact same path where I think our human nature is to just try to find the better, right? You know, yeah. like try to find the better. So you're back in the restaurant game and a non-traditional restaurant, you know, you're in a golf club, people are driving into to the golf club to get the food. Um, what, like, let's talk about it's a, it's a crazy, it's a crazy place with, we got live chickens running around. We got beavers that start eating trees and then decide that they don't want to chop it down completely. Uh, golfers that lose a, a, a ton of golf balls in the water. Yeah. There's no rules. You can wear a bikini on the golf course. Uh, it's 15 bucks a round. Oh, perfect. I love and it. For nine holes. And it's a crazy course. It's like, you, the first hole you go, well, this is a nice, easy part three. And yeah. then you turn the corner and there's an apple orchard in your way. <laughs> and, so, and, and, but it, it's for when I, when I went there and I sat out back and I looked, overlooked the ninth hole and the, and the water. And I'm like, this is a really beautiful spot. And my, and my, my partner in the restaurant, Doug, he like built and designed that golf course. Oh, wow. And he's a golf guy and I'm a food guy. Perfect. And, and I stay out of the golf business and he dabbles in the food business with me, but we're on a, we're on a really great page and we, we've, and, and we're both moving at the same speed. We're not trying to outrun or do it's baby steps, baby sure. steps, and we'll grow this business slowly, but surely. And we want to have fun with it too. Sure. I'm, I'm, you know, I, you've got to come to the joint it's a destination to come to and, and there's no service it's pretty simple we got cold beer we got live fire barbecue yeah we don't use gas grills or pellet smokers it's all hardwood and charcoal and we specialize in brisket and burgers and that's what we do and we try and do it really well every day of the week 
and that with with the changes in food and the distribution of food and getting food and the price increases of food yeah that changes daily sure that's insane course. yeah yeah no kidding and i mean they're saying it's gonna get worse because you know the 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 you know, transportation is going to be worse as we get closer to the end of the year. You've been in the grilling game for 20 years, I'd say. I, I had sticky fingers and tenderloins and like you, like grilling's kind of been your thing, but smoking and barbecue, American Southern barbecue is different than grilling. And, yes. and, and I, uh, I live here in the, I live on the Danforth in Toronto and there's a, a whole bunch of barbecue places that popped up, including Beach Hill Barbecue. A couple guys yeah. from Tech, two cousins yeah. from Texas came in. Beautiful stuff, like amazing, yeah. real authentic. You know, they do a great job. Yeah. So Beach Hill Barbecue, and there's a couple in the beaches itself. And so, what do you what do you attribute the 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 change, the growth in in smoking, and how how big it's gotten here in here in Canada? Uh, well, one, the pandemic and the lockdown. Yeah. And so now families. You know, beforehand, we were all running around doing our own shit. Now, all of a sudden, husbands and wives are spending the entire day together going, I can't take this much longer. (laughs) I'm going to kill you. (laughs) And it's, you know, and and the insanity becomes because you're in such close proximity. You have no, no breathing room, no space. We all need our own, like, I just need my own time, my chills time. So on, on the guys and the girls level, they'd said, well, I want to go outside. I got nothing else to do. It's a beautiful day. It's the middle of March. I think I'm going to grill something because what else am I going to do? Yeah. (laughs) So they started to cook. Yeah. And, and then it was, they wanted to be outside. So a brisket takes 12 to 14 to 16 hours. Yeah. You know, a burger, if you do it right, you can take an hour to make the burgers and then, you know, a low and slow process to cook them. So you, you, people started to cook more and they're going, well, I'm looking at social media and the expanse there. And so now there's guys cooking on Kamados and there's guys cooking with pellet smokers and open fires and cutting open a log using the shell of a turtle as a, as a barbecue <laughs> pit. Like you can, yeah, there's sure. craziness all out there, Yeah. but that made people hungry. Yeah. And so they got hungry to have more experiences because the only sustainable experience we could have were the experiences that we were creating in our own home in our own backyard yeah no it's true and food is is such a great outlet it is something that we we need every day and and it became part of that experience let's cook together let's spend time shopping together or or prepping together and and let's not just do it in the house let's go outside so you know, that is, that's a great thing to come out of this pandemic is that we, we learn to respect food a little bit more and respect our families, I think, a little bit more. And it's not been an easy road. No, it, it, it's an, it's a roller coaster. It's a shit show. And it's, it's harder for some in the core. You live in the core of Toronto. I live in the core of Toronto. Um, it's harder here than out in Durham region. Yeah. And, and not to say that it's any less uh, safe or serious or anything like that, but it's a different feeling. When I go to the restaurant, it's a more relaxed feeling out there. Yeah. I don't feel all paranoid like I do in, in the core. Yeah. And it's just because of the concentration of people. Yeah. And so that's a change. You For know, sure, you think yeah. about where you're going. 
yeah. oh, I need a mask. You something that we do, and I, I don't think I've said it on the podcast yet, that makes total sense that we do now and we didn't before, is after doing groceries and you're pushing around the cart that you probably took from somebody else and their sweaty, dirty hands. I would, now, you, now we, we use hand sanitizer after we do that. That makes total sense that we do that. I will, yes. But we didn't do it before. You just go home and do whatever. You know, no wonder we were. And, and wearing a mask. Yeah. I have no problem wearing a mask in a grocery sense. store. I didn't get sick last winter. No, exactly. It was awesome. Exactly. Right. Like, like, and it's, you know, yeah. my uh, stock in Dristan just went <laughs> way down because, you know, I didn't okay. need it at all. Exactly. Um, I want to, I want to ask you, I want to go back to your time in product development and ask you, um, well, first of all, like will you talk about, and you taught it too, what kind of changes do you have to do? If you have a product, you know, like, you know, somebody somewhere is creating the, you know, the next, uh, you know, the, uh, PC blue menu, Indian butter chicken sauce or whatever, you know, um, it exists. Yeah, I know it does. <laughs> I buy it. <laughs> it's not bad. I prefer the regular one, the full fat one. Thank you very much. But you know, um, like something like that. And I know you've worked with PC. I'm sure there are products that we, we might even, you might even still exist from when you were there. Uh, what kind of changes have to happen from the kitchen to the, the market? Like, what do you have to, like, I can imagine what, what we do at home is so different than what is done in the, in the factory that makes these things. Right. So it, it, it comes down to some things are easy to produce and some things are complicated and difficult to produce. Right. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was doing some product development work with, uh, with a new vegetarian startup. It's called Holy Veggie. Okay. And they've been, they've been in the market now for the last four or five years. And the, the David and, and Jonathan, uh, who are the founders of the company, came to me and said, you're a meat guy. And you've <laughs> developed a lot of frozen burgers. And, and, and you've cooked hundreds of thousands of burgers. And I'm like, yeah, I know burgers. And they said, could you make us a vegetarian burger that we could take to market? And I'm like, well, what are your parameters? What do you want? What do you want this to be? Well, we want it to be gluten free. And I said, of course you do. And we want it, we want it to be vegan. And I said, of course you do. And so there's no dairy in that, right? And there's no eggs in that. And there's no this in that and no that in that. Yeah. And they wanted it to be soy free, oh and low God. sodium, gluten free, soy free, dairy free, nut free. Okay. Flavor free. Which which is which is a pretty hard thing to work into. Yeah. I, got, I have no problem. That's that's their vision. Yep. Great vision. Sure. Um, and it was on the on the trend of where it's getting and growing and growing. Beyond meat burgers and stuff like that, right? Exactly. So I started doing my research and I started making vegetarian burgers based upon, you know, they wanted a burger that had vegetables in it. And I'm like, well, vegetables don't really, you know, depending on the type of vegetable, it doesn't really have any binding it's mostly water right and so i played and played around and i came up with and i did my research and i'd seen some product in europe and i'd seen product throughout the states and canada and i started to blend and work and we ended up after i think it was 28 tries wow we got a burger that was pretty good now it had we had met all the criteria except for the vegan because what did you have to have? We couldn't get it to bind without the use of some egg white powder. Right. And that was that was the thing where it was this, and that gave the texture and brought it all together. Right. But that was the beginning. And we ended up launching three products 
And those three products went into retailers and they're available in about 5,000 stores now across North America. And there's been an evolution on that level. There is now three, four years later, a vegan version. They found something else to the binding. Found something else. Something else was developed to help bring that together. Right. And it didn't exist four years ago, but there you go now. And it does. And, and so their evolution of their brand, it's great to see where that's taken it. And, and that's what I love about product development is that if you're going to make a sauce, you have an idea, you go in your kitchen and you do it. And if you took a bottle of ketchup, well, then you really have to be saying, well, I can't use ketchup in production because it's too expensive to use. So I got to go to tomato paste, water, sugar. And so now you've got to build your recipe right from the scratch. So it's not, I mixed ketchup and I mixed a little bit of this and a little bit of that out of the fridge. That's where the concept starts. Sure. But then you've got to clean that recipe and you've got to build it from the ground up every layer. And then you have to look at shelf life. Right. And so how long do you want? You know, when you make a sauce in your house and you put it in your fridge, it's in there for two weeks and then you're pretty much turfing it. Yeah. Unless you're canning it. And then it's got a year shelf life once it's open at the most. So you, you have to sometimes use a preservative. Sodium benzoate is used as a preservative. Citric acid is used as a preservative. But it depends on what you're looking for and, and, and the longevity that you're wanting to create. Frozen meats, they have a one-year shelf life. After that, they start to break down. They lose their flavor. They change their flavor and textures. It's not worth it. Certain sauces, depending on how they're canned or, or jarred, can last a lot longer than a year. Honey doesn't have an expiry. Really? It right? could, really, eh? It doesn't have an expiry date. So it can go forever. Wow. But you'll go to a grocery store and you'll see a best before on that because the grocery store chains demand that every product has an expiry date. How does salt expire? Give me a break. It expires when you put it in water and it dissolves. <laughs> My buddy owns a Vital Planet a health food store on Lakeshore out in the West End. And uh, he says he subsists, he pretty much uh, on uh, expired food. Because from his store, he owns the store and he's like, I know the food's good, but I can't sell it because it has this expiry date on it. And it's like, whatever, whether it's hummus or something, but he's like, it's still good, but I can't yeah. sell it. So most of the food he eats is technically expired expired yeah Yeah, there's there's and it's always good because if you go into certain grocery stores and you look at the price of mayonnaise for example and if it's two dollars off the regular price go look at the expiry date because if it's less than three months till expiry it's worth buying it because you know you shouldn't be storing mayonnaise in your cupboard for days you got one jar in the cold cellar you got one jar in the fridge that's That's it yeah exactly Um, I'm looking at the, uh, you know, you talked, you mentioned social media and how, you know, obviously that's a huge change in our lives overall. And, uh, but in the, in, in the, in, in the world of self-promotion and promoting your, your restaurants or any endeavors that, that somebody has, just it's, it's integral and it's, it's time consuming, but I love, I wanted to tell you, cause my kids saw me looking at this. I was looking at your, uh, um, your sketches that you do for your burgers and and you put them out there and my kids yeah. my 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 11 year old now wants to open her own restaurant and she's always doing these sketches of what thing she's copying how you do your she's like i think we'll start with this and so as is that um 
does, does is that all come um, those thoughts for you know right now I'm looking at the smoked prime rib and brie cheeseburger. Um, um, where is your inspiration coming from these days for that stuff? Oh man, uh, marijuana. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 you know, people ask me that question all the time. You know, where, where do you, where do you find your creativity? Even other chefs say to me, uh, you know, I've cooked everything I can cook. They'll say, and I'm like, no, nah, I haven't cooked. I've only touched the surface of this. Um, I, I'm always looking for a different way to cook. So. I, I enjoy these creation sandwiches and they started out, you know, it was just a special sandwich and they now come in at a $20 price and, but it's, it's handmade and it's got multiple layers and usually two to three types of meat or, yeah. uh, and they're, and they're loaded. And so, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll see a commercial and for a fast food chain and I'll see their new special and I'll go, okay, I could do a twist like that. Yeah. But most often it's I'll walk through the, the fridge or the look into the freezer and I'll see what products in there. And then I'll say, OK, let's play this way. Or Ezio, you, know, you want to you want to cook some beef cheeks? And he'll be like, yeah. And so I'll build a sandwich around the beef cheeks and the visual of what goes into it. I don't know. It, it just <laughs> it just happens. Yeah. And so I've got I'll just show you a sec here. This is the book. Oh, that's it right there. So, you got the, so this is the people who are on the audio side. You've got an actual sketchbook for the joint, yeah. and which you and you so, posted the pictures on uh, at Ted Reader uh, Ted Reader BBQ the joint uh, yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So we just I draw every week. I draw in the book, and I you know it, it and it starts as a drawing in a notebook or a, you know a scrap piece of paper or on a napkin, and then yeah. it evolves and it evolves until I when I'm ready, I put it in my book, and so it, it's. That creative is is really a driving force to to keeping me sane. Yeah, is that you know, my backyard is a, is a mess of barbecues. There's 40, <laughs> 50 grills back there. Oh my gosh! Um, new ones arrive. It seems like every week. It's it's crazy, and I love every minute of it. Yeah. Um, I don't have the. I have these toys. I call them toys. They're 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 my my canvas. Every grill or every smoker is sure. a, is a different canvas. Uh, I love fire. Uh, I am a pyromaniac in the sense that I I follow how and I want to see how different woods burn. Yeah. Uh, I watch for wind. I watch the weather, humidity, heat, cold. You know how many logs are we going to go through in an hour? Uh, what's the flavor? What's the smell? What's the smell like when charcoal starts to burn versus when it's ready to cook on? Um, the 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 fuel becomes an important part of of my creativity and the recipe that I'm making. It's an integral part of it because bad charcoal will give you a bad recipe. Not having the patience to wait patience that's the oh, huge, huge change going huge. on <laughs> patience yeah and so slowing things down and 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 saying okay if i just wait another 10 minutes this charcoal is going to be absolutely perfect for cooking on right and that's when you make the best steak of your life and you go i gotta have that again yeah and so you learn a lot about yourself and i i like to cook on all these pieces different pieces of equipment because then I'm a resource for anybody that wants to learn how to barbecue yeah. or grill or smoke or work on an open fire and they just got this grill, call me. 
send me a note, a direct message. Yeah. I'll help you. My yeah. job is to get people in their backyards to cook barbecue. That's, you know, I want to inspire you to have as much fun out on a grill or a smoker as I do, because I think it's just the best time ever. Absolutely. I can remember I was filling in for Craig Venn on uh, Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. And we, you, are you still doing your weekly with them? Or are you, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Still hanging out with those guys on 94.9 The Rock? And I remember asking you just about, you know, what's the, you know, kind of a quick way to, you know, take a burger to the next level. And you were like, put a fried egg on it. Like, put, you know, the it's a simple thing. And you said, you know, you, but it was like, if you want to make something seem more decadent, throw a fried egg on it and it's uh, it, 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 people are always impressed with it you know and it's uh you know they call you know the they it's maybe not the best for your heart but you know you don't eat it every day so it's fine um i wanted to ask you my uh my oldest friend uh you know i've known this guy since junior kindergarten he went to cia he went to culinary institute of america same place that anthony bourdain went and he's kind of he's in the uh he, he was actually working in the high-end restaurants you know fine dining and um I think he runs the kitchen up in uh, the at the Rosso Marriott up in uh, uh, Muskoka now. He's uh, he's and um, he's what's, uh, what's his name? Phil D'Souza. He's he's, okay. he's the res bar and restaurant manager now. He's not a, yeah, he's yeah. a chef. Uh, he does all the buying. I think he does all. The, he's a food and restaurant manager there. At, there and he worked at Bayview Golf and Country Club. And but yeah. I, he's one of my oldest friends. But he and I we will often spar on this. Is he his appetite for restaurant eating for eating out is gone he's like I, he doesn't want to go like i love going to a new you know i love i don't do it often it's a special occasion maybe three four times a year i'll go to a canoe or i'll go to joe beef in montreal or uh and he just calls it all he's oh, it's all smoke and mirrors i can do it all it's all smoke and mirrors and i i wonder for a guy like you who's been a chef as long as you have and worked in so many different restaurants what do you how do you feel about eating out. same way yeah same thing not same a fan way. i'm i'm uh like if i'm traveling yeah i'm on the road uh i used to search out you know the high end the top restaurant this that when i worked for loblaws you know you went but now i i want the down and dirty i want the local little okay. i'd rather go to my local little vietnamese place than yeah. i would down to canoe and not that i don't understand or appreciate what canoe does canoe does an amazing job on that level yeah but i i don't want three hour dinners anymore i want to <laughs> get in get out go lie down and take a nap um, so enough. so but if i if i'm in chicago and and there's something there you know on a on a culinary level a restaurant level whether it's high end or mid-range yeah it's got i want to go experience it buzz, more yeah. there than i do in my own backyard and that's true too. I I see that for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like, trust me, I'm not going to canoe often. I just, I use that as an example. Cause for me, I think yeah. if, if there were Michelin starred restaurants in Canada, I feel like it could have a Michelin star or, you know, or, or close to it. You oh, know? oh, for sure. And, yeah. and there's, there's, I guess I'll, I'll put it in the category. It was what I call the high end category. Yeah. 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 I just want a shot and a beer <laughs> and, and that's about it. Yeah. And so it's Fair enough. I just, I'm not that consumer any longer. Right. And, and it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm not easy to go out with. Uh, depends on, on the mood. If someone else is buying, then I'm easy to go out with because it sure. doesn't matter. They got but if I'm paying, I'm kind of, I'm always a little bit fussier about things. Sure. Um, but I just like the local little holes in the wall, man. I, I want the best eggs Benedict, or I want to have, a really great cheeseburger because you know 
if you eat burgers and you eat a cheeseburger and it doesn't put a smile on your face, then you know that that was probably one of the worst cheeseburgers of your life. <laughs> but there's always some kind of redemption on any level with a cheeseburger because there was this right condiment or something else. Yeah. So I always look for, you know, a burger makes me smile. A steak makes me smile. Yeah. Um, crepes. No, it doesn't do it for me. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'd rather eat a rack of ribs yeah. than a bowl of beans. Yeah. Um, sure. You know, that's, that's my philosophy, but it's, uh, you want food that makes you happy because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Fair enough. And, and food really is like, it's a, uh, it's a distraction in a good way. Like it, it really, I think I, I, I hadn't really thought about what you said about how the pandemic, you know, I mean, right out of the, out of the gate, everybody was baking bread. That was the thing online, right? Everybody was baking bread at the beginning of the pandemic. Cause it took time. You had to make your own sourdough starter and you had to, yeah. it, it was, it was a process. Right. And, uh, and, and then you're right with it. My, my cousin, he got a pellet smoker and he's like smoking wings and smoking, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah. Cause you got a bunch of hours to kill now, right? You're, Cause you're not commuting to and from work. You're working from home and uh, it's, it, it's, it, it, you're, it is quite the change. That's for sure. Um, it, what are the, and if you got kids at home, yeah. it's chaos. Yes. Like, you know, my kids are, they're 14 and 15 oh, wow. and, um, wow. They're insane. I got 11 and six. They're my so. kids. That's yeah. why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh chef ted reader oh my gosh there's so much I, we could talk about um i always like i, I love your perspective on, on uh on on the way the way things have happened and, and you always got these great tips does the the joint stay open during the winter how's that work how's that going to work like i said we don't have a lot of service there so <laughs> we're we're open right now three days a week yeah uh throughout the pandemic when we've been open we were open only four days a week yeah uh, finding staff is very difficult. Yes. I do have a good crew. Uh, appreciate anybody that's been with us, and and uh, but we're a tight crew. Yeah. That's that part has been. But we will close mid December, so yeah. we're open right now Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. We open at eleven thirty. We close anytime after it's dark. You know, if it's a quiet night, we shut her down. Uh, we watch our pennies because we have to plan when golf season really ends mid-December, we'll shut down completely yeah. and we'll reopen in April. Yeah. And then we'll build for a busy summer season. Uh, we're looking at doing a lot of catering right now for the okay. holiday season. Yeah. We got a great little venue. Uh, I love to cook on the open fire pits. So everything there is live fire and that's, you know, so it's, it's a fun place to have a good party, uh, cold beer, good whiskey, lots of good barbecue and uh and even for the ladies we do do vegan and vegetarian and gluten-free ah some ladies uh, like, like and like, for the like guys too yeah, 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 fair but, enough. <laughs> you know, we do brisket to die for my suggestion is when you come just wear an old shitty t-shirt because <laughs> you're gonna get shit on your shirt for sure okay? Absolutely. just gotta look at it that way and one last question um and i'm not you know i mean i'm a griller and I find the house we're in now, I, I actually did hook the, it's a gas grill, but I hooked the house gas up, up to it. It's just, it's amazing how much easier it is that you don't have to, everybody's yeah. coming over. You don't have to go and replace the goddamn tank. Um, what is your, what's your best uh, recommend? Like, what do you do about flare-ups? Like um, if you're doing uh, like thighs, do you bone, you know, bone in skin on thighs are my favorite when it comes to chicken. Right. You know, what but do they you do? flare up. They flare up. Yeah. So one is I like to start things that are a little fattier on the top rack. Okay. 
there's more heat at the top as well. So you kind of roast that chicken first. Interesting. Okay. And then move it down. Yeah. And turn your temperature down. Yeah. You can turn it down to low and then cook with the lid closed and then just stay there and watch the smoke. Yeah. And so the more smoke you see, you know, you're going to have a little bit more flare up coming yeah. through. And that's when you, but just, you know, you can also just turn it to a little bit indirect, right? Move it over, sear the chicken on low, right? Yeah. Low heat, lid closed. You don't have to, you know, you get it up nice and high, then turn it down low and put your chicken on. Yeah. And then you'll stop your flare ups and start meat side down and then take a paper towel. Okay. And when you see all the fat on the skin starting to bubble and there's lots of moisture, just dab it and remove the excess fat. Interesting. I was grilling bacon the other night. I, and that's what made me think about it. I saw you're grilling bacon and I've tried to grill bacon and it becomes like a nightmare yeah. because yeah. So you got it. I stood there with a paper towel totally and just, just dabbing it. Okay. Dabbing off all the excess. And I started it on the top rack. Yeah. And that was thick and bacon a, too, right? That was some really good. Oil underneath in that first little while to catch all the the water and the the fat that's dripping out of it yeah then when when you've rendered most of it on the top top shelf you then then you take out that foil and then you pat down the bacon and you start to grill it and there you got to watch it you can't yeah. leave it alone it'll it'll ignite in seconds sure yeah absolutely and as i like to say dfiu don't fuck it up <laughs> well there's words to live by uh pandemic or not don't fuck it up ted reader um thank you so much um you're uh, I, I i love talking to you i love i love when we're on the radio together and uh and i'm you know as as ted said reach out to him send him a note if you have tips because this is what he or listen to him on uh with craig venn and lucky on 94.9 the rock his appearances are uh, are always hilarious and great tips all the way around the way tedreader.com uh, we got, uh, what am I, which one's this, uh, Ted grills is the other one. And it's, uh, it was really great to catch up with you, Teddy. And, uh, I, I will, I Thank will you, get Bob. out to Eldorado for sure. I gotta have one of the, I gotta have some brisket. Well, come on out. We'll play around, have some fun, chase some chickens. It's always a good time at the grab, joint. Grab an apple at the orchard. <laughs> That's it. You know, we, we, it, it's, I don't know. It's a magical place. It's a magical place. I'm looking forward to it, bud. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a great day. We got to start making changes. This has been Bob's Basements. Thanks for listening. Thanks. That's the way it is. For more information, email Bob at bobwillette at gmail.com. That's Bob Willette. Like Gillette with a W. Follow Bob on Twitter at Bob Willette. Bob's Basement is available where you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time. Well, that's the way it is.